Good evening, good evening. Uh, we are going to uh, get started in our Bible study because um, we've got a lot of ground to cover. And I uh, want to ask you quickly um, or mention this, the great comeback. Uh, we are approaching week number three on uh, live worship together. The key word is together. <laughs> so it's been very good, very safe, very um, fellowshipping at a distance is different. But um, so far it's been good preaching and uh, worshiping and having communion uh, separately together is, uh, is a good thing. So. Just to let you know, uh, as you think about your comeback, we'd love to have as many people as we can until we have to go to two services or something like that. All right, so tonight we're going to talk about this guy. His name is Jose. Um, he is the prophet of God, and uh, we're going we're gonna to look at Jose's writings, his book, his, him as a man. Uh, his name means salvation, and uh, we're going to do a quick overview, a couple things about um, Hosea, just one second. All right, let me cut that. Um, he is a native of Israel. Hosea is. Uh, he spent his life calling, um, calling God's people back to God. A uh, lot, to, lot going on. Uh, Kyle Yates says this about Hosea. He says about his character. Hosea was a quiet, pensive, affectionate, sensitive young man who surrendered his heart to preach when he became painfully conscious of the suffering love of Father God. I thought that was really good uh, description of um, Hosea and um, his heart, his character as a person. His letter is uh, 14 chapters long, and uh, it's to, uh, it's, he's a prophet to Israel, which is the northern kingdom, and uh, he, uh, he is the prophet Amos came just before Hosea, and uh, Amos tried really hard to call God's people uh, back to God because they were beginning to uh, come apart, and they, weren't, they didn't realize it. But by the time uh, Hosea comes on the scene, the people are totally out of control. Um, they, uh, they had no need for God in their life. Uh, they weren't, um, Hosea is preaching to a, a really beat-down people, uh, who have been attacked not just from internal forces, but external forces as well. There's been a lot of kings come and go. Uh, some of the kings didn't last very long. They were murdered really quick. Um, and he's now preaching to God's people and to a nation, calling them back to God, but they don't have any concern for spiritual things whatsoever. Um, his letter is 14 chapters long. And of course, we know that he didn't write it in chapters, but it's broken down into 14 chapters. So it's, it's, it's almost as long as some of the, pro, the major prophet books, even though it's listed as a minor prophet book. Uh, Bryce, uh, the scholar Bryce, gives the following outline to the book of uh, Hosea. He breaks it down into, into um, four categories. The first section is the sin against trust. The second is the sin against truth. The third is the sin against troth. And the fourth is um, Hosea's final appeal. And um, so the book can be broken down as, as Hosea uh, begins to write this letter. And what I want to do is read the first chapter because it sets up kind of the entire book. Does everybody see those? Can everybody see the, uh, the screen? Okay. Okay, good. That's good. All right. So the word of the Lord came to Hosea, son of Bari, 
during the reign of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the reign of Jeroboam, son of Joash, king of Israel. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go marry a promiscuous or a prostitute woman and have children with her, for like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So right away, as we begin to read, we're not even... We're not even two verses into his book, and, got, and, and he's already described uh, kind of what's going to happen in this book and how it's going to unfold, um, and the condition of the people. Like an adulterous wife, his land is, uh, is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. That and the wife have a lot to do with what God's trying to do. Verse 3, so he married Gomer, daughter of Deblim. And she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to Hosea, call him Jezreel, because I will soon punish the house of Jehu for the massacre at Jezreel, and I will put an end to the kingdom of Israel. In that day, I will break, the, uh, break Israel's bow, bow in the valley of Jezreel. Uh, just a side note here at the bottom, the blood of Jezreel was Jehu's bloody murder to, of Naboth um, and how he persecuted and cut off not only God's servants, but even God's prophets. And you could read about that in the book of Kings, but that's the massacre at Jezreel. Um, verse six, Gomer conceived and gave birth to a daughter. This is child number two. Then the, the Lord said to Hosea, call her Lo Rahamah, which means not loved, for I will no longer show love to Israel that I should at all forgive them. Yet I will show love to Judah and I will save them not by bow, sword, or battle, or by horse, horses or horsemen, but I, the Lord their God, will save them. After she had weaned lo Ramaha, Gomer had another son, and then the Lord said, Call him Loami, lo which means not my people, for you are not my people, and I am not your God. This is getting brutal as we go here. Uh, verse 10, yet the Israelites will be like the sand on the seashore. That's a lot. Uh, which cannot be measured or counted in, in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, they will be called children of the living God. The people of Judah and the people of Israel will come together. They will appoint one leader and will come up out of the land, for great will be the day of Jezreel. All right, so that's chapter one of the book of Hosea. Kind of kind of just gives us a really good idea of what's happening, what's going on, what God's up to. And then also this, this guy named Hosea. Uh, the place where it says the place there in verse 10, uh, possibly uh, Palestine or the land of captivity. Uh, this place when he says, um, in this place where it was said to be, you are not my people, you will become my people. Uh, but definitely he's talking about um, the land or the place of restoration where God's people will end up as they become, uh, again, his people. And I thought that's kind of cool. Uh, how how he he says that and how that comes about so so we got uh hosea marrying this woman and her name is gomer and she is not a good person okay you know god loves everybody and we should too but but she's not a good person she's an adulterous woman already known she's a prostitute she's promiscuous and um she is the daughter of the bling um so that's kind of what we know about her and she is going to be unfaithful to Hosea, and God calls him to marry her anyway and to have kids with her. Um, together they have these three children, kind of just a quick summary of this, um, the, the, the kids. There's a boy, a girl, and a boy, 
each child is going to represent uh, an intensity like this growing intensity of two things. One, the sin of God's people as they continue to rebel against God. And two, the distance that they put between themselves and the Lord. Um, the first, uh, the first here, so here's the three children. Just a quick summary of the, the kids. Here you go. There's the, the family picture of the children. We have Jezreel, Lo Ramaha, and uh, Lo Ami. And uh, each of their names mean uh, a more intense uh, movement away from God. The first one, because God says, uh, I will soon punish the house of Jehu for the massacre of Jezreel. So that's Jezreel. We're going to name her that. So I don't know what you guys, why you named your kids the way you named your kids. Um, we kind of picked names out of a hat that sounded cool. Um, some people name them after other people. But these names, they've got some deep meaning. And uh, most of it isn't very good. Um, poor uh, Hosea, as he goes through his life uh, with his wife, who is unfaithful, and then with his children, that every time he looks at them, he has to think about how Israel has wandered away from God. And they're a constant reminder of that. And, and it's not just for uh, Hosea's sake, but it's, it's, it's what God is going through as God looks at his people. And, and we could probably bring a lot of similarities to our present day uh, in that alone, just that thought. So they have these three children, they're tough names, they have deep meaning, mostly rejection, uh, and it's a powerful message to Israel through uh, the prophet Hosea. And um, so there's some great, great passages uh, of scripture and, um, and uh, I was going to spend a little time, a little more time, but I'm going to kind of move through this quickly. Uh, George L. Robinson suggests that there, the downfall of Israel, which is an important part of this whole thing, is that Israel slowly moved away from God. And that's usually what happens with people or with, uh, you know, a, a country, uh, you know, a nation. It doesn't happen overnight. It, it's a slow, it's a gradual, slowly uh, moving away. And so he suggests these seven steps of destruction that led to destruction. He goes, uh, and these are the passages. I can, I'll, um, let me, uh, let me kind of give you an idea what these verses are talking about. But step number one, the first movement away, he says, is a lack of knowledge. Um, and as we go through these, it's kind of important for us to think about as people, you know, uh, we're as, we're as prone to fall away as anyone else. Uh, you know, nobody's got this locked up. Uh, we, we all are in, um, we're all, you know, we all have to toe that line and make sure that what it is we believe and who it is we're following and the voices, the voice that we're listening to is truly God and not, not the world or, 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 or even religious thoughts or ideas, but it's truly God. Um, so their first step is a lack of knowledge. The passage there says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The second step away is pride. Uh, and the passage there, 5.5 5 says, and the pride of Israel doth uh, testify to his faith. Their pride is puffed up. Uh, the third step is instability. Chapter 6, verse 4, where it says, for your goodness is as a morning cloud or as the dew that goeth early away. Uh, and that was uh, how stable Israel was. They had no commitment to God. They quickly changed course. They followed whatever came along. 
and they wandered away and they were, in, uh, they were unstable when it came to the connection between them and God. Hi, Donna. I see you down there. You're down there, I mean. <laughs> um, number four, step number four, worldliness. Chapter seven, verse eight says, Ephraim mixed himself with the peoples. Ephraim is a cake unturned. That's just a cool statement, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Ephraim is a cake unturned. That's good, right? Isn't that good? Just think about what that might mean. Um, number five, corruption. Nine nine says they have deeply corrupted themselves as in the days of Gibeah. Um, number six is backsliding. So these are steps to their downfall, slowly getting further and further away. Uh, chapter 11, verse 7, my people are bent on backsliding from me. And uh, number seven, idolatry. Chapter 13, verse 2, and now they sin more and more and have made themselves molten images of their silver, even idols, according to their own understanding. And so as the book unfolds, 14 verses or 14 chapters, we see this continual wandering away from God. And Hosea is trying to call the people back to God, but they really don't seem to care. Um, they don't care. And uh, these are some of the things that led to their, their downfall. Uh, so there's a lot of good path. There's a lot of ground to cover in this letter, and, and we don't have a lot of time. So I want to just share uh, some great passages in Hosea that hopefully will encourage us or at least get us to think. And then some takeaways that I hope will help us to maybe apply these things to our own life. Okay, so here we go. Some great passages. The first one is in chapter 4, verse 6, where we kind of read part of it. It says, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priests. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I also will ignore your children. That's rough. I mean, that's tough stuff, right? I mean, when God says that to you or to people, uh, he's pretty fed up. I mean, he's pretty tired of, of what we've been doing. Uh, we don't, you know, you don't want that said about you. Uh, you don't ever want someone to say that to you, that, that they're just fed up with, with you. Um, but, you know, in our world, we, we hear about it. We, we hear of young people, young, usually young boys, <laughs> who say their father said that to them. Uh, like they disown them, you know. You, you just see that kind of like, forget it, you're done. I'm done with you. Get out. Move out, you know, kind of thing. Um, and so we know what that's like to kind of come to that boiling point where, where you just have had enough. And, and that's where God is with these people. They just, they just don't get it, and they're not going to get it. Um, and they continue to reject and ignore, ignore the law of our God. And um, God says, well, that's fine. I'm going to ignore you then. We don't like that part of God doing. We like the mushy, soft side of God that loves everyone. Uh, but but this, is, um, this is the word of Hosea coming to us. Chapter 5, verse 6, it says, When they go uh, with their flocks and herds to seek the Lord, they will not find him. He has withdrawn himself from them. So again, the idea um, that, that these people have gone too far. They have wandered away. They have ignored God. They have ignored his his teachings, they are not obedient, they're rebellious, and uh, they're going to go looking for God one day, and uh, 
God says, you're not going to find me. I'm not going to be there for you. Uh, that's tough love right there, people. That's a, a lot of tough love that um, God has for us. And in the middle of this, so the, the underlying thing here is that God loves these people more than we'll ever know, but he also has to deal with their rebelliousness and their sin. And that puts God in a really tough spot uh, when we do that. Chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, here's another great passage. It says, come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. Okay, we got hope. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us. That's, that's a lot of hope right there. That we may live in his, in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. Now, that's refreshing. That's some cold rain right there uh, that's going to wake somebody up, we hope. And, and this is like Hosea's plea to the people. It's like, wake up. Let's, let's return to the Lord, um, which is a good thing. Verse 1, he says, he has torn us. Uh, torn us. It's similar to um, the idea that he has torn us. Uh, he has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. We see that in the scripture and other places, that kind of bouncing back from extreme to extreme when he says, the Lord giveth and the Lord uh, taketh. Uh, Job said that, blessed be the name of the Lord, or I kill and I make alive. Uh, these are kind of like um, the language of uh, poetry that shows these extreme, these extreme places that either people are and God is, or God is with people. Um, there's, there's hope, though, here, because in verse 2, there's this kind of reference to um, the suffering of Christ and um, the, uh, the, the foretelling, in a, in a way, of um, the healing or the restoration that is to come. Um, one day, one day, uh, maybe not with this generation, because like other generations, like uh, Moses, as the people wandered in the wilderness and rebelled against God, and God said, that's fine. None of you are going into the promised land. You're all going to die here, and your kids are going to go. I'll wait. Uh, that's kind of what's happening with uh, Israel at this time again and again and again. We know that happens over and over. Um, so God, 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 <laughs> God's got plenty of time. <laughs> he's, not, he's not bound to our time. So, uh, you know, God will wait. I'll wait for another generation to come along that will honor me, and uh, we'll go from there. We'll pick it up and go from there. But the, the hope that's out in front is that one day uh, Christ will come and suffer for us, and healing and true restoration will, will happen. Uh, chapter 7, verse 8, Ephraim mixes with the nations. Here's that passage. Ephraim is a flat loaf not turned over. A foreigner sap his strength, but he does not realize it. His hair is sprinkled with gray but he does not notice. Israel's arrogance testifies against him, but despite all this, he does not return to the Lord, his God, or search for him. Ephraim is like a dove, easily deceived and senseless, now calling to Egypt, now turning to Assyria. So basically the idea is here, he's, he's saying you guys turn to everyone but the Lord. You're looking for your hope and you're looking for your rescue and you're looking for your power and you're looking for all the answers in the, all the wrong places. Uh, turn to the Lord. That's your only hope. And that's like, if that's not a good word for 
for our present day, I don't know what is. Uh, that is, that's the truth for us right now. Uh, the flat loaf. So flat loaf not turned over uh, when you uh, when you bake a, 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 a bread or whatever. If you don't turn it over, it's going to burn on one side. It's going to get black. Uh, you have to turn it over if you want it to cook evenly. And what he's saying here is um, they have mixed with the nations. They are like a, a cake that is burned and overcooked on one side and unfit to eat on the other. Um, cool statement, cool saying. Uh, another great passage in Hosea chapter 11, verse 1 to 3. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son, but the more they were called, the more they went away from me. They sacrificed to the Baals, and they burned incense to images. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking him by the arms, but they did not realize it was I who healed them. And uh, again, just more, we're, we're coming to the end of the letter, and he's still He's still shaking his head in disgust and um, unbelief that these people just will not turn to the one who has always been there for him or for them. Um, and that's, a, that's a truth for us as well. Um, chapter 14, verse 4, the last chapter. But I have been the Lord your God ever since you came out of Egypt. You shall acknowledge no God but me, no Savior except me. I love that. That that's what the Lord says to us in the midst of everything. Like, I am God. You know, I am God. And that's never going to change. Get your act together or you're going to get left out in the cold. Um, this is it. It's like God saying, like, this, this is the way that it is. And, and if you don't like it, that's sad. But there is no other way. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to lower the standards. Uh, simply because you don't want to obey me. And uh, that's tough love uh, from Hosea we see, and it's really tough love that we see from God saying, uh, look, acknowledge me. You know, put no God before me. It's kind of a reference back to the commandments uh, that things have not changed. It's still the same. Um, so those are some really good passages in the book of Hosea. And there's some other ones, um, but I couldn't do them all. We'd be here for three hours. You wouldn't want that. So um, some, some takeaways here as we kind of wrap this up. Some takeaways from the book of Hosea. And you may have some as well. But here we go. Takeaway number one. Uh, God often calls his people to do unbelievable things. <laughs> so he calls, he calls Hosea to marry uh, a prostitute. And uh, knowingly, not, you know, by accident. And um, I don't know. That says a lot about. God and you as an individual. Uh, other, you know, can you imagine Hosea going to his buddies and saying, you know, I think I'm going to marry Gomer. She's pretty, you know, she's good looking. And, and all your buddies saying, are you out of your mind? She's a prostitute. Are you nuts? She's never going to be faithful to you. And, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes God, God calls us to do things that nobody else is ever going to understand. And I say do it anyway. In fact, there's a good song out about that. Do it anyway. Uh, just because people don't think it makes sense doesn't mean God isn't calling you to do it. So I say follow the call of God no matter what anyone thinks. And stand 
for the truth of what the Lord has to say through you and to you. And, and, and like Hosea, you know, yeah, that nation, that whole generation had to scratch their head wondering, what is this prophet doing marrying this woman? And, and look at the name, how he named his children. His whole life is a mess. And yet in the middle of it all, God is making this humongous statement to the world and to us and to that generation, even though they didn't understand it. And uh, Jose understood it and God understood it. They're probably the only two that did. But that's good enough. That's all that matters, right? That's all that matters is that we're obedient to God, even if no one else thinks it's a wise idea. Number two, when disillusion, decay, and death are all around you, preach the word. Just keep sharing the truth. That's, that's our job as believers, right, as Christians. Just share the truth. David Capps, how you doing, buddy? Uh, just keep sharing the truth. That's what we're supposed to do, right? That's it. That's all we do. Just share the word. Just be another arrow pointing people to God. Everybody isn't going to understand uh, your, your methods sometimes or your means or how you go about it, but just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. And uh, along, along with that, you're not going to get it all right. Okay. Um, but better, better to fail forward than to fail for not doing anything at all, right? Um, number three, internal destruction is far greater than external forces. And so we see in, uh, in, in Israel, there's, there's a lot of external forces come up against them. Uh, Assyria, other nations have taken over, beat them down, <laughs> dragged them off. Uh, but you know what? Internally, uh, that destruction is greater than the exterior uh, or the external. Um, because things that come from within come from much deeper place. And so guard your own heart. You know, that's a message to us to guard our own mind and our own heart, what we're putting in our, our life. It's also a message for all of us to be careful not to uh, be part of an internal uh, deteriorating of, uh, of what God is trying to do, that we're, we're not dying from within. Like, like sometimes we look at our country and it seems like nobody's going to come in here and destroy us. We're just going to end up self-destructing. Uh, if we destruct it all, it's going to be because we do it from within. Um, that's a, that's a, seems to be a pretty clear truth for us today, too. Number four, sin of every kind is essentially unfaithfulness. Um, and that's because we see, uh, you know, in Israel, they're, they're doing all kinds of crazy things and rebelling and sinning against God and uh, just moving away from God and just uh, worshiping idols and, and, and all kinds of stuff. But in the end, every, every sin is basically unfaithfulness to God. Um, so whether it's our sin or their sin, we're all kind of guilty. Uh, we're all in trouble. We all need Jesus. All right, number five, um, all of the world loves the lover. So you know, this is kind of a love story. You know, you could, they could make a good movie about, you know, the prophet Hosea who falls in love with Gomer, the prostitute, and how nice, and they have children. And um, it's really a story about, about God calling a person to love somebody that is going to be really, really difficult to love. Uh, this person is going to be unfaithful to you. Um, you're going to have children, and, and we're going to name them according to uh, the nation, 
not, not what you want, but according to the nation and their attitude toward God and their unfaithfulness to the Lord himself. And you're going to be like this object lesson to the nation. And it's not going to be fun. In fact, the only good part about it, Hosea, is that I love you. And really, I'm all you got. We got each other, and that's all you're going to have because everything else in your world is going to be a mess. But I'm going to use you in a great way. And Hosea is like, let's go. Not sure, I'm not, I'm not sure that uh, too many people today would want to, you know, jump into Hosea's shoes and say, I'll, I'll do that here. I'll, 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 I'll live that life, um, which is pretty crazy. So uh, all the world loves a lover, and uh, Hosea surely is a lover, and God is a lover of Hosea. So kind of what this, the whole book is pointing to is this extreme love that God has. Like, there's so much in the letter that is like about the people's sin, but underneath all of it is this extreme love that God has for them, that he even like gives them the time of day, that he continues to, to be there for them, even though they continue to wander away and not care about the things of God at all. I mean, God's love is like relentless for these people. And um, it, his love, his extreme love is, is uh, based on several things. First of all, it's based on him and nothing else. Like his love for you and me isn't based on me or you. It's based on him. He's love. God is love, right? And so it's just simply based on the fact that he is a God of love and not necessarily on anything I do or what I am. Uh, secondly, uh, God's extreme love is faithful even when we are not. God doesn't uh, become unfaithful ever. He is faithful all the way, even when we are not. Um, his extreme love uh, had a plan from the very beginning. If you think about it from Adam and Eve, uh, from the, the fall in the garden, God, God had a plan uh, to redeem us from, from the beginning of time. And, and that's how much he loves us. He didn't even though he has destroyed nations and even though he has wiped out like almost you know, like all of the people coming out of Egypt that were just destroyed, he still has his love for his people that he continues to bring together that remnant on the earth that he loves that are going to be saved one day. Uh, that's how much he loves us. Um, his extreme love had a plan from the beginning. His extreme love sent his only son to provide hope. So, um, if that's not love, that God would send his only son into a world that we, you know, Hosea is just a sliver of a representation of the world, but God still loves us. And he sends his only son into that like violent environment out of love for you and for me, for our soul. Um, God's extreme love empowers us with his Holy Spirit. That's how much God loves us, that he would give us his Holy Spirit fill us, that he would come and live within us and empower us to, um, to know him, to walk with him, and to be, uh, to have salvation. And his extreme love is coming again to rescue us. So God hasn't given up on us, even though we read through this letter, and it seems like God is like so fed up with his people. It's like, like we're doomed. Like it's over. God's just going to, uh, you know, wipe us out again. But, but in the end, God is going to come again and rescue us because he does love us and he wants us to turn to him and find him and seek him and obey him. 
And God's extreme love invites all to enter. You know, anyone is welcome to come in. Uh, of course, it's, it's, it's by God's, it's God's rules, or, or, or you know, you don't come in. That's it. It's, I mean, he's the creator. He's the one who establishes the law, and we have to come in on his terms, totally his terms, you know, and why not? He's God, the creator. We're like made from the dirt of the earth. Um, so, so the book is really about God's extreme love, even though most of the letter is, tends to be pretty negative about the people and their sinful rebelliousness. Um, so a good way to, remind, uh, to, to think about this letter, uh, of one of the first pastor friends that I ever had that helped me um, before I went to Bible college shared with me these um, acronyms, and uh, he, he came up with these. And Hosea, a good way to remember the, what the book of Hosea is about is helping others see the evil of apostasy. Because uh, that's what the, the letter's about, is, is, is people, God's people who have wandered away, they've rejected God, and Hosea's main mission was to help them realize their sin and turn back to God. Well, that's an overview of the book of Hosea. And uh, I think there's a lot of good things in there that apply to us today that, that we could easily take right now and, and put into our life. And hopefully there's been a few things that were shared that you might can do that with.